I'm Dennis Mojado, amateur radio call sign AD6DM, and this is the Hamdom Thoughts Podcast. This is a podcast about amateur radio, prepping, software, and tinkering. I'd like to say hello after about a month of downtime. It's been quite a while. How's everyone doing? No guests today. Still working on that, but I thought I'd give an update and uh, also talk a little bit about some thoughts that I've had this past month off the air, so to speak. I want to apologize to the listeners. I know I've taken some time just as a bye week in the past. On occasion, I would skip a week between interviews, but this time it's been about a month. And the reason being, I've uh, taken on some responsibilities in my day job as a software engineering manager. And these additional responsibilities have pretty much wiped out my calendar for the past three or four weeks. So scheduling interviews or even thinking about them has been difficult Got to say, it's been a a stressful month this past August and mid-September of 2021. Hopefully, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. But, so first off, I want to say hello to everyone who didn't go to Huntsville Ham Fest. I want to dedicate this episode to those who weren't able to go or didn't go for some reason and had to watch from the sidelines. I mean, I'm happy for all those who went and got to hang out and bond. Not everyone uh, had that opportunity. And I know what it's like to just witness it through a camera, through a video stream, to see everyone checking out cool stuff, eat and drink and be merry. There are thousands of us who uh, weren't able to go, who weren't there. So I just want to say that to those folks... You're also very important to the ham radio community. And just keep your work going. Keep on practicing. Keep on training. Keep on contesting. Keep on participating in the ham radio community where you are. Because what you do in ham radio is equally important, equally fascinating, and relevant. Let's keep this hobby strong, right? In terms of my own practice, I know that every time I check into Nets on VHF, they ask, what was your week like in ham radio? Well, my past month in ham radio has been a gradual discovery of different things uh, with HTs. I am a person who likes to travel light, so when I go on trips out of town that requires a plane flight, I often do not bring a full repertoire of ham gear i don't bring a a lot of the time i don't bring an hf rig and i end up just bringing my one of my most capable vhf uhf handheld transceivers which is the kenwood thd74a i just find myself reaching for that ht often because it just it does the most it allows me to bring a hotspot and i can talk with anyone if i can find an internet connection or I can tether it to my cell phone if need be. I found in my vacations, I rarely do go on reflectors or D-Star or digital voice, but I do bring that for that. 
But lately, I've also discovered the ability to use an HT for sending emails. And coincidentally, uh, just the end of the month of August, I got a Winlink email from KG5GJT, Brian, who is in New Orleans. He was there during Hurricane Ida, and it was uh, quite a harrowing email to receive. He basically lost power and also internet and had intermittent cell capability, so he could text sometimes, but I think his phone capability, his his, uh, making phone calls, was disabled during that time. So I get this email from him via Winlink because I've been practicing with the tablet plus the HT for sending VHF packet Winlink emails, and I was surprised to get a status update from him in the midst of the start of the hurricane hitting land over there. When I received it, it said everything's fine. Uh, he, he described the situation. There were some trees that were threatening to come down. L- tree limbs had hit his property, but he couldn't go outside to assess the damage. And because things were flying around, it was too windy, and there were, there were things that were uh, just flying in the wind. And so it was a little dangerous to go outside to look. And he said, we're all okay, but that's the situation. And Winlink is a great chance to practice getting a message out in this kind of environment, this kind of situation. So for him, it was a training exercise. I guess it was good. It wasn't a true emergency. It was just testing out the capability. But it immediately put me on high alert. I was automatically on this readiness vibe. Uh, I turned on my Winlink auto-checking software. I I set it for a 30-minute interval, so I would always know if I had a new Winlink message. I also replied to Brian and said, if you have an inReach, this is my inReach contact information. So it could be an inReach to inReach satellite communication. I don't think he has one of those, but I turned on my inReach just in case, had it on a on a big external battery so I could leave it on for an extended period of time. You know, just in the rare chance that he was able to read my Winlink email and preferred to send messages that way. Because at the time I received the email, I did not even know if he had cell service and was able to text. I did later try to text him and got a reply back. He said it was uh, working for now. So that was good. But this really made me think, We may have uh, planned for our own disaster comms. We have scenarios that we put through in our minds of if the power goes out, if there's inclement weather. Uh, In California here, we think about what if there's an earthquake? So we have to shut off the gas. We have to rely on our water storage. Power should be out. We'll probably be out. What kind of food we have, all that kind of stuff. But Have we ever thought about disaster preparedness in terms of supporting others in their disasters, like someone who's out of state or someone who is outside of your town but is close enough by that they're affected and you're not? I've thought about this in the past just in terms of going 
outward, like if I had a problem. But this was a good exercise in what kind of readiness should I have if I need to be a responder for someone's messages out of state or even outside of my immediate area. I've uh, asked some of my friends in the past to be my out-of-state contact, and I've shared these contacts with others so that they would know if they can't immediately contact someone. Like, let's say all of our cell phones in the Central Valley just stop working, like the infrastructure for cell in, in my area just stops working. But if I'm able to get my in-reach out, I could text my out-of-state contact and then they could later help relay any messages should another family member or friend contact that same out-of-state contact. Are you an out-of-state contact for someone, or have you asked others to be your out-of-state contact? It's an interesting thing to think about. What are some of the things you do if you knew your friends in another part of the country were in emergency calm situations? A lot of uh, that would just really be just sitting around and waiting, but there's a certain readiness aspect that needs to be practiced, just like normal personal preparedness for your own disaster area. The cool thing about witnessing and participating in this recently is that in actual emergency situations in other parts of the country, you get to visualize your own actions in such a scenario. So, You know, I'm not making light of the disaster that happened in New Orleans and as the hurricane traversed to the northeast and flooded certain areas, but seeing it on the news, being in it by having contact with hams who were there, it just changes your mindset. You begin to, you're forced to visualize, how would I act in this situation? I know that during the whole time that the hurricane was there, I was tuned in on All-Star to the, the various nets. There, is a, a, there was an All-Star tie-in to, I think it was the HF uh, hurricane net. I think that's, that w- was what it was called. And during that, I had uh, a lot of useful information that I had not read anywhere else, just about status of different things how gusty winds were getting, sustained winds, places were, that were most impacted. I, I heard this throughout the day while having that on. One of the unique things we do as ham radio operators is think about how we would reach people if the communications infrastructure we rely on was just suddenly gone. For me, this has included extended power outages, thinking about internet outages, and the inability to go outside for like an HF antenna deployment. So while doing this thought exercise, it allows us to prepare for getting the word out. Some of the things I thought about include setting up agreements with out-of-state contacts and sharing this contact information with family members and friends, getting the word out on your status, like how would you do that, all the different ways, testing out WinLink, testing out JS8 call, and testing out another method that I will talk about uh, shortly here, where you're using RF to get messages out, and you're able to let your friends know out there that things are either okay or what your situation is, 
Now, sometimes you are in a situation where you really can't do anything. You're the recipient of a message and you're either too far away. You can't really affect any kind of change on the situation, but at least you can help with the communications and you can get the word out to everyone who, uh, who knows this person. I've also thought about how to support a readiness state. There's renewable off-grid power. It's good to practice that. And I use a solar setup. I have a large backup battery and I've been looking at different generators. That was one thing that Brian talked about was his generator was going. So at least he had power during the time that things were out. Another thing to think about, this is more personal outage and preparedness, is often these areas that get hit by things, earthquake, hurricane, tornado, you you need to think about temperature control when everything's gone, when the power's out, when there's harsh weather outside. In my area, in the Sacramento County area in California, the main concern is cooling in the summers because the summers here get to at least 100 degrees. I much prefer worrying about how to get warm in colder weather here in the Central Valley where it can reach the 30s. That's an easier problem, I think, than how to stay cool when the power is out. There is uh, much more to it to staying cool. But since Hurricane Ida, I've discovered other methods of communicating on RF. I've recently started working with uh, this thing that allows you to send text messages over APRS, and it's called SMS GTE. I've had so much fun with it, I actually wrote another document on how to get on there. Uh, For those familiar with my past documents, I wrote one, an extensive one, on how to create a digital multi-mode reflector for supporting D-Star, DMR, and Yesu System Fusion. And I've gotten a lot of questions and uh, thank yous from other hams who have set up similar reflectors. If you ever want to hop on our reflector, it is REF367Alpha. Again, that's REF367Alpha on D-Star. On DMR, it's Talk group 3128459. Again, talk group 3128459. And that is uh, also cross linked to our reflector. So if you talk on either DMR or D Star, you will be heard. And on Yesu System Fusion, if you go to room 68798, again, that's 68798. If you have a Yesu radio capable of C4FM, also known as Yesu System Fusion, you can talk with us. And that, again, is cross-linked to DMR and D-Star. The reflector is very quiet. It's the, uh, the basis for the JerryNet Club. It's how we came up with the name because it was a net that Jerry used during his commutes. That's Jerry KG6HQD. Now it's just there for general use, general purpose. At a certain point in time, I think in 2019, it was used for Aries. Uh, They had their net on Sunday nights there. 
And then that kind of dropped off. But since then, I've also helped with that document I wrote, the HRCC cross-linked reflector as well. And that's quite a tangent. But anyway, I was talking about SMS GTE. So I'm right, I've written a document for that. And I think if more people knew about using APRS this way, sending messages rather than just beaconing positions or having weather stations report the weather situation for where they are. If it was less of an automated telemetry type protocol and more of a active use messaging protocol, I think more people would use it, especially if they knew how to text people. So if you think about an auto patch of the old repeaters of two meters, auto patch you would press some DTMF tones on your keypad and you would engage this module in the repeater that would tell it to connect to a phone line. And then you dial the number and then everyone listening to the repeater could basically hear your phone conversation with whoever you called. I've never actually had a real, you know, authentic conversation, maybe just a test, but never anything that was... uh, actual conversation where I needed. So that's probably why auto patch no longer really exists because everyone has a cell phone now and it's a highly public medium. Well, to some extent, APRS messaging and APRS to SMS is also very public, but I could see it being very useful for those who are able to hit an APRS station and are out of cell range. This SMS GTE service, it's a software service written by VE3OTB, I think. I think his name is Paul in Canada. It will take an APRS message crafted in a certain way. You put an at sign and then the number and then the message after it. And you address the two of the message to SMS GTE. Uh, You can text anybody with a cell phone with this. And so if you actually look at the messages in the APRS, uh, what is it, APRS.fi, there's a messages link there. You can look at all the messages that are happening. You can filter by call sign. So if you do SMS GTE as your filter, you'll notice that nearly all of the messages going through the service right now are around testing. So it's always going to be test, and then the same person sending a text message to themselves will say test received or something like that. It's pretty funny if you look at it. It's just a lot of test. But there are legit messages that go out there. It's a very functional service, so I highly encourage taking a look at it. And keep an eye out on my Twitter. I will be releasing my document after a few more edits and some more draft uh, revisions. Another thing that, uh, that made me think about was the fact that you can use Bluetooth and a tablet or even your phone to compose these messages. So most HTs that have APRS, they're really not that fun to use. Entering a message into a 12-key keypad is not fun at all. It's reminiscent of the 90s when texting first started. and It's very, very user non-friendly. So I do believe that the the advent of touchscreens, having a 
a phone or even a Bluetooth keyboard with a tablet makes the composing of these messages a lot easier and it makes it all that more usable. And so I outline in my document as well a few of the things that you can use. Uh, Josh Nass, KI6NAZ, recommended a Lenovo M8 tablet, which only costs $99. But if you even have just an Android phone, you could do all these things as well. Now, for most of us, we have iOS, we have iPhones. So the only messaging client I know that works on that with uh, Bluetooth is the APRS.FI iOS app. And I'm going to pick up one of those TNC3s from Mobile Link D. I will add a link to that in the show notes. Uh, that can basically convert any HT, any analog VHF FM radio into an APRS capable radio. And so I wanted to try that out. Right now I'm using my Kenwood THD74, which is, I think, the only radio that allows Bluetooth access to the TNC and uh, just the tablet and that radio together are my super simplified method of sending text messages without cellular service. It's pretty cool. But with the TNC3 from Mobile Link D, you can have a bell thing if you want and do the same thing. Just wanted to point that out because that's something that was pretty exciting for me in the past month, in the short times that I've had to play radio. Also, uh, I've been working on some batteries. Uh, made one for K5YBY uh, over there in Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Mississippi. That's where I sent it to. He just got an IC705 and was talking about how he needs to get an, a BioNO. I said, no, I'm just going to make you a Denko battery. So made that a 6.5 amp hour battery for him and uh, came out pretty well. So... Uh, more battery practice now that temp the temperatures are cooling down here in the Sacramento area in California. Also made a proof of concept three battery uh, flat pack that I put together with a power pole distribution block that I 3D printed. So it's uh, nine amp hours, almost nine amp hours of battery power, 12 volts combined and they all fit within the lid of a pelican-like case. And this was an idea that was promoted by KM9G Steve, who is the recipient of this build. It's kind of a proof of concept, and he has to complete it by actually sticking the batteries to the lid because I, I just told him, I can get this out to you sooner if I just give you the batteries and the distribution block and, and you finish it setting them up within the lid how you want so he can either use velcro or some other adhesive i would recommend velcro because that allows you to remove the batteries and use them individually if you want but that was a cool proof of concept and you can see pictures of that on the denco website which i will link here in the show notes as well as on my twitter that's pretty much all i have for now i just wanted to do a quick blurb get the word out i know that this is a million percent more boring than your normal podcast. Sorry about that. But I figured getting the word out, doing a quick recording with you is a lot better than having another bye week and apologizing to everyone for 
no new episodes on Hamdom Thoughts. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading this. If you have a chance, go on to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Although, please don't base your review on this latest episode because I know it's just me monologuing. <laughs> but again, thank you for listening. I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear from my listeners. I'm happy that the interviews have gone so well. The very latest one before this one was with Radio Runner, ZL4RA. That one was a riot. It was, that was a fun interview. And I'd like to thank Chris again for that. But even before that, a lot of great stuff before that. Had Tank Radio on and several others who just had plenty to add to the discussion and furthered the hobby. So we are working again to line up some interviews. Hopefully my work schedule will be a little bit more permissive. If you don't already know about how to contact me, uh, those contact pieces are in there in the show notes. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I've been bugged a lot. I've said this several times. I've been bugged a lot to make a video. So starting to plan that out. I want to make a YouTube video about some of the things I've been working on. As well, I'm on All-Star now. So if you don't already know about All-Star, uh, I encourage you to please check it out. You don't need any fancy digital radio for it. You can use any HT and either find a repeater that is All-Star capable or better yet, check out Sherry, which is S-H-A-R-I. It's a kit that you can put together that allows you to have your own All-Star node that runs with a Raspberry Pi. And with this, you can swap around nodes, much like you do with digital reflectors. The Hamdom Thoughts station is my station, AD60M. And that is All-Star node 54832. Again, that's All-Star node 54832. I'm often connected to Jason HamRadio2.0's hub in Grapevine, Texas. And his all-star node is all-star 43136. 43136. If you're able to hop on there, just uh, kerchunk it, say hi. And uh, I typically have my Sherry node on. It's 24-7 on. I only turn down the radio, though, when I'm in meetings for work. But it's typically on listening, and there is occasional ham chatter on there. So once again, thanks a lot for listening. That's all I have for this episode. And I'm working to line up more people in future episodes. So, as always, thanks a lot for listening to Hamdom Thoughts. We'll catch you again next time. <laughs>